Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. One of the privileges of being in youth work and doing Alpha is I get to hear people's questions. And one of the big questions is often around people's sense of fear or uncertainty as to whether they know God well enough. And a lot of that arises out of a passage in Matthew chapter 7, which for some people is a very scary passage. In Matthew 7, we read these words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your, in your name perform many miracles? And here's the scary bit. Then I will tell them plainly, says Jesus, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And time and again, I meet folks who worry that that verse is going to apply to them. Do we really know Jesus? It's helpful to have the next verse uh, because it then goes into a more familiar, more friendly story about the, the, uh, the man who built his house upon the rock or the sand. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. Do we really know God enough? Do we need to be afraid or, un, or at watch that he will say to us, get away from me, I never knew you. Let's try and unpack that a little bit. The reason we're unpacking that is although that's from Matthew, it's, uh, it kind of comes to mind when we look at the next part of John 14. John has said, uh, told us the words of Jesus, do not let your hearts be troubled. And we looked at what that meant. We've also looked at Jesus saying that he is the way, the truth and the life, the path. And that's where we get to in John 14, verse 7, where Jesus says, if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, this is an idea that John has told us more about already from Jesus. And so there are a couple of other talks that I did some time ago that also sort of touch on this subject. And to some extent, there's a little bit of repetition. But actually, because John repeats himself or allows us to hear Jesus repeating himself, I think it's important for us also to say things in a different way. But if you want to go back and look at John 8 and verses 17 to 20, knowing God, you'll see I looked at this a little bit there. And equally in John 8, 38 to 42, how do I know if I love Jesus? Now in the next talk, uh, we're going to look at the middle part of this verse. You will know my father as well. I'm going to do that actually in church later on today. And it will be live on our uh, YouTube channel on Wednesday. So let's go into more depth, the first part of John 14, 7. If you really know me, how do we know if we really know God? How do we know if we really know Jesus? Well, let's start with a little bit of hope because he says at the end of the verse, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. So he's implying that it is possible to know him and that after the cross and after all that's gone on through the resurrection, they will definitely know him. Now, in part, we might say, well, the disciples knew Jesus because they had seen him. And he does say, look, you've seen him. You've seen the, the father when you've seen me. But equally, those who had been casting out demons in Matthew 7 had physically seen Jesus. So it seems that knowing 
Jesus isn't really the same as seeing him. It's possible to see him without knowing him. So knowing is not a physical thing. Now, we get a glimpse of who Jesus is. We can see Jesus to some extent in the Gospels. We read the stories, and so though we're 2,000 years removed from that, we can see him. But to really know God through Jesus is about a relationship, a real relationship. So how do we really know God through Jesus? What to What does it look like? How do we know if we know him enough? I want to suggest four things. The first thing in order to know God is to understand and seek to live out his values, to understand his values as we see them in Jesus and therefore as we know them in God the Father. So what are those values that we've seen in the Gospels? And what does it mean to understand them and live them out? Well, fundamentally, of course, his values are love. And that's then expressed in, 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 in uh, lots of different ways. And those folks who Jesus says, I didn't know you, we can perhaps tie that into uh, 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul says, look, you may be able to have the faith that moves mountains, but if you do not have love, you are nothing. We may be able to cast out demons, but if we do not have love, we are nothing. So what does it look like? Well, it looks like a compassion and a care for the vulnerable, the broken, the hurting, the lost, the poor. And the people he says, get away from me, I never knew you, are the people who do not welcome the stranger, are the people who do not care for the poor, who do not understand the value that God has in every individual and particularly the broken and hurting individuals. To know God is to seek to live out his value of love, of compassion, of generosity, of sharing our resources with those in need, of of raising up the poor and the oppressed. To know God is to value and understand his love of mercy and how he wants to not be the one that throws stones, but the one who sets free the sinner, the one who by his grace and love transforms those who've got themselves into all kinds of mess. So to know God is to understand his value of mercy and to seek with all we can to live that out. In other words, to know God is to to aspire to be in our, our own way merciful or generous or compassionate. And if we are not merciful, and if we are not generous, and if we are not compassionate, then perhaps we don't know God. And equally, love is expressed in justice and seeking equality for everyone and fairness for everyone, the sharing of resources and equal access to, uh, to um, resources. It is to be welcoming. He says, you know, whenever you welcomed a stranger, you welcomed me. And so to know God is to say, look, I know you've got a heart for those on the outside, for those who have less, for those who are treated badly, for those who are oppressed, and I want to welcome them. To know God is to say, I understand your heart. I understand what what really matters to you, and I also value those things. Finally, to understand his value of truth and that he really, really wants us to live in truth and to speak truth. There's been a lot of debate as I record this in this week about the value of freedom of speech as as Twitter is brought out. 
Now, I want to suggest that freedom of speech isn't the most important thing. Truthfulness in speech is. We shouldn't be free to lie or to spread hate, but we must always be free to speak the truth. And truth is a value that God holds dearly. So how do I know if I know God? Well, if I know that he is compassionate and if I know that he is generous and if I know that he is merciful and that if I know that he is just and if I know that he's a welcomer and if I know that he values truth, if I know those things and beyond that, they have become what I want and what I aspire to. I may fail and I may not live it out perfectly, but they are what I really want. If we know these things, then we know God. The second part of knowing God is to understand and to seek to receive his love. In other words, to understand what is going on the cross and how much he values us, that, that he has gone to prepare a place for us, that he wants to welcome us into his presence as we looked at in earlier weeks. So it is choosing to believe in his cleansing, choosing to believe that the cross is sufficient to deal with my failure, my wrongdoings, my sin. It's choosing to believe that I am valued and loved and wanted by God. And when the voice comes in that says, you're not good enough and God can't accept you and God won't forgive you. When the voice comes in that doesn't allow us to forgive ourselves, we choose to believe in the love of God demonstrated in Jesus. We choose to believe that the one who dies in our place on the cross is indeed the very father heart of God as well. And we choose to believe that he calls us, that as Jesus came and asked and invited people to be his disciples, so he asks and invites us to follow him. So how do we know if we know God? Well, if we know what his values are and we agree with them, then we'll know God. How do we know if we know God? Well, if we know that he loves us and we choose to, to believe that even when we don't feel it, even when there are condemning voices that tell us that it's not true. And that by choosing to believe it, we discover that we are growing in freedom from guilt and fear. So those who know God feel less guilty and less fearful than perhaps they did months and years ago. Now, I know there'll be people who worry that they still feel fearful and they still feel guilty. And that uh, perhaps is the journey that we're on. But to know God is to choose to walk away from that and step by step to have less guilt and less fear and therefore to have hope. Hope that the, a, a glorious future awaits us and we will be there. And therefore, to be worshipful, to be thankful. So those who know God are those who come to God and say, Lord, I thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've washed me clean. And sometimes that's a choice. Sometimes that's a decision. Sometimes that's not a feeling. But nevertheless, it's an evidence that we know God. The third evidence of knowing God is to be seeking him. In other words, to be wanting to talk to him. We, we want to, to come to him with our hopes. Uh, uh, we want to come to him in thankfulness. We want to come and offload how we feel and express all our difficulty. And we want to come and ask him for things. So those who know God are those who seek him, who want to pray to him. Not all the time. We struggle with it. There are times when we don't pray as much as we know we ought to. 
But generally, someone who knows God is someone who wants to talk to him and is seeking to listen to him. He's seeking to allow the Bible to speak into us and shape us. He's seeking to allow uh, and and seeking places to be taught and the scriptures to be uh, uh, unpacked for us. And seeking to hear God within our head. Now, always testing that against scripture, but nevertheless, seeking to hear God within our thoughts and within our hearts, within our feelings. And once again, always testing that against the truth of the Bible. But someone who knows God is someone who's saying, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me through scripture. Speak to me through teaching. Speak to me through my thoughts. Speak to me through my heart. Always weighing and testing that, but seeking him. So someone who knows God, understands his values and seeks to live them out. Understands his love and seeks to receive it. Is seeking to hear and know Uh, his voice and lastly is someone who is desiring to serve who is just saying Lord here I am so why were those guys casting out demons and Jesus says I didn't know you and why does he then say about building the house upon the rock because he's implying that they weren't obeying him what are we asked to obey we're asked to obey his command what is his command his command is to love so we can deduce that these guys were doing all kinds of spectacular deliverance things but they didn't have love. They hadn't built their house upon the rock of obedience to Jesus' central call, which is to be merciful and generous and welcome and, and to be above all loving, to forgive our enemies, to speak the truth, whatever we understand love. That's what they were doing wrong. And so they weren't desiring to serve God. They were desiring to have some kind of uh, power and following and uh, status. Those are the things we watch within ourselves. But when we know what God is about, then we know God. And when we desire to serve him and hear him and let him guide our lives, then we know him. And we need have no fear that he will say, I don't know who you are. But just lest there are any questions and any doubts among us, uh, there's a, a prayer here that I want to invite you to say with me, perhaps just to, to reaffirm, perhaps for the first time, perhaps again and again, you're saying, Lord, I want to invite you into my life. And if these are words that you can say with an element of truthfulness. You may not be wholehearted. You may know that you waver. But right at this moment, you want to say these words. Then you are asking God in and you do know him. So here's a prayer to say. Lord, today, I choose to be your disciple. You may want to repeat these words after me. Lord, today, I choose to be your disciple. I own my lack of love, and seek your mercy. I place my failures at your cross and ask for new life. Please come in and fill my life with your spirit. I choose you now as my Lord. Help me live for you and for others each day. Thank you for your love, which I now receive. Amen.
And maybe you've questioned whether you're a Christian, whether you know God, but if you've said with me that prayer, then you've become or you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, because he never turns anyone away who asks. So our question for reflection, how are we seeking to know God better? Are we seeking to understand his values and live them out? Are we seeking to understand his love and receive it? Are we seeking to understand his voice and follow it? Are we seeking to understand his call on our life? And are we desiring to do whatever he asks of us? Let us not be afraid that we do not know God. For he offers us the invitation to know him, not because it's difficult, but because it's freely offered to us. Let us go forward trusting that we know him and he will not turn us away. Amen.